listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Hey there, welcome to This Week in Pharmacy. My name is Todd Yuri, CEO of the Pharmacy Podcast Network. It's good to be back. We've been uh, running around. We had the uh, Sembia show. If you haven't heard the uh, um, the recaps on Sembia 2023 Spotlight, the series, it was wonderful to be there. We had a great time, um, but we're back. It's time to talk pharmacy. It's time to bring you up to date on some of the things that we're hearing about bringing you information from some of our partners. It is officially in my book, the start of summer. Thus you see, if you, if you are uh, listening to us on podcasts, I have a white with a little bit of a um, palm tree uh, theme going here on my shirt because of uh, summer is my most favorite season. It's my most favorite time of the year. My birthday is in the summer. I never went to school. My birthday, I was always off. Of course, in real life, you can't always be off on your birthday, but it is in the summertime. And uh, I live in Western Pennsylvania, South of Pittsburgh. Guess what? We get about 78 days of bright, sunshiny weather. Unlike my um, trusty uh, producer, uh, Brady Yuri, who has moved to North Carolina, Burlington, North Carolina. Um, Brady, I uh, will make you feel as uncomfortable as possible about your choices in life um, and, and make you come on and, and stream live with us. So join us. There you go. Shy Brady, not ready. Hair's a mess. <laughs> well, hair's a mess. And, <laughs> and you're, in, you're in Burlington, North Carolina. I don't appreciate it. Um, and you don't you have much more summer weather you have more than 78 days of sunshine in burlington oh, yeah. right i should start counting them i'm gonna lose track it's so gorgeous out here whatever um now i'm kicking you out of my show so thanks for your support brady and i don't appreciate it but i do want to say uh there's a lot going on that we're preparing for um i'm excited about what's happening in pharmacy the transformation of pharmacy uh, today, we're going to be talking about how education's changing, not necessarily the education in and of itself, and that's kind of like the clinical side and the pharmacological, not really that, but so much as how we're getting the education, the supplemental education, the rise of mobile education in pharmacy specifically. Um, I don't know if you knew this, but we created the NAPLEX podcast uh, with Dr. Chloe Givens about two or three about two and a half years ago, we've kept refining and updating it. And it's available at naplexpodcast.com, naplexpodcast.com. And that's just a, a way to take that last step. You're ready for the Naplex. You're, you're just wanting a refresher. You just listen to something that's kind of passive learning that's back there. So we're going to be talking with uh, Dr. Uh, Swathi Varanasi, who is a pioneer in content development and how she's used content to build her brand, but also um, alongside in parallel, um, the world of um, uh, building your own business and your own consultancy and believing in yourself and kind of the 
inspiration that we're looking for. And then Kira um, from I3 Health is coming aboard to talk with us because we want to listen to their philosophies around mobile education, podcasting education. Um, Before we uh, get started into um, where we're going next in, in our guests, let me bring on Nick Peters because I want uh, you to hear the update, uh, clinical trial update of the day. Today for June 9th is the Columbia Anti-Shivering Protocol, a study developing a stepwise approach to achieve shivering control during targeted temperature management, published in June 2011 in Neurocritical Care. Now, the single-center research enrolled 213 patients undergoing TTM beginning in January 2006, with 40% of patients targeting hypothermia with a range of 33 to 35 degrees Celsius and 60% targeting normothermia with a goal range of 36 to 37. Now, the stepwise approach starts with prophylactic medications and the shivering increase increases, sedating medications are used for rescue treatment. Dexmedetomidine was used most commonly as the first agent in 50% of patients, while 18% of patients needed no rescue treatment at all. Younger age, male sex, and lower body weight were found to be factors associated with an increased need for interventions. Serving as the basis for a stepwise protocolized approach in TTM, this was the Columbia Anti-Shivering Protocol. Trial of the day for June 9th. You know, when I hear uh, Dr. Nick, it makes me think I can actually comprehend portions of what he says as a pharmacist to other pharmacists, but the way he communicates his voice, I like listening to his podcast, Pharmacy to Dose is Dr. Nick Peters' podcast. He's he's an amazing content developer, and we like his updates. Uh, He's bringing... Um, a, a bunch of uh, content developers together, podcasters together um, for um, an awards uh, ceremony. And, and we want to support him. So a shout out to Dr. Nick. Thank you so much for your updates. I want to move to, um, I want to move to what, what, what's happening, where, where, where we're going and if we can meet up. If you're at any of the conferences that we help cover from press and media support, we want to meet with you. We want to hear from you. Uh, We'd like to interview you and get you involved in uh, content development. So we're headed to Pharmacy Profit Summit Live, which is in August. I think it's like August 3rd and 4th. Uh, Brady will be there. My uh, producer, Brady, will be with me. And that's in Dallas. And then we're going to be at August 12th, 14th. Uh, Myself and Rachel will be covering the NACDS uh, Total Store Expo. We're so excited about this opportunity to come back uh, with our a uh, partnering organization that has been a great support to us in, in giving us the ability to build a space to really collect um, the most innovative uh, people, interviews with those innovative people that are in um, national uh, drugstore and chain store and micro chain uh, business of pharmacy, uh, Babson Diagnostics, um, leaders in blood testing, and it will be specifically through community pharmacies. We can't wait to tell you more about Babson. Uh, but uh, also coming up, the Soft Writers Annual Conference uh, 2023 will uh, be in Boston. And we can't wait uh, to go and, and meet up with Scott Beatty and his team, Joshua Porter. Soft Writers Conference, annual conference with all of you. Soft writees or soft writer users, framework LTC users. Excited about that. I want to talk about Medica Life. Medica Life 
has been a guiding publication for the Pharmacy Podcast Network and so many of the people that write for Medical Life. It's kind of like the the medium of healthcare business innovators, uh, healthcare business innovators, and kind of the collection of what they've talked with. Uh, John Nasta is is kind of like my Kevin Bacon because uh, if you ever heard the six degrees separation from Kevin Bacon, you can get to anybody in the world, um, which is interesting. One of mine in healthcare has been John because John introduced me to Gil Bash with Finn. Uh, Gil uh, picked up from Robert Turner this publication and adopted and helped to take it to another level with lots of the uh, interworkings. John wrote this week about digital health adoption. Um, it's, it's, maybe it's not the pace, maybe it's the idea. And I want you to take an opportunity to read this if you are a pharmacist. I don't care what setting you're in, because I want you to think of the adoption of technology of where you're at and the impact that it's going to have on you as a clinician and the opportunities for pharmacists out there who really want to dig into what's happening in technology. But take a look at that article. Also, burnout threatens primary care workforce and doctors' mental health. This article was um, written by Lauren Sasser uh, with KFF uh, Health News. And we know that pharmacist burnout was a major, major, major outcome from the pandemic, the, the height of the pandemic. And we know that it taught us that burnout is not only serious, but it threatens healthcare, it threatens pharmacy care. I want you to read this because the insights from primary care as well is so important in realizing that nurses, physicians, pharmacists, you're all going through um, burnout in, in many different ways. And, and how, since you're the, you're the team, you're the talent that's literally building healthcare and delivering healthcare, you have to be expressive back to communication companies like ours, like Medica Life, uh, write for those organizations, get in touch with Pharmacy Podcast Network if you'd like to write for this publication. We'd love to, to work with you. And then finally, unveiling the power of aspirin, a game changer for colon cancer pre- uh, prevention. You know, I've been in pharmacy since 2004, and I can't believe how much I've heard about aspirin and how it's changed even in the short time I've been here, which what's that, like almost 20 years. So read up on this. Read up on this as a, a if you're an oncology pharmacist and, and you want to um, kind of get an update because I really like um, Dr. Uh, Michael's um, writings, Dr. Hunter's writings. He makes it easier for me to understand as a non-clinician, a non-pharmacist or physician. Take a look at that. I also want to uh, share with you a book of the week that I'm reading right now. I just started it called Up Solutions. We're going to be working with um, more with Patty Mara, who is the author of this book. This book is about building stronger teams in your pharmacy. And this isn't just about uh, community pharmacy. This could be health system pharmacy. This could be specialty. It doesn't matter. Patty, uh, Mara, um, look up this book, Up Solutions. Um, I'm going to be sharing more about this and using some of these techniques for our own team building here at Pharmacy Podcast Network. I want to give a shout out to the Cannabis Pharmacy guys before we bring on our first guest and just thank you for your support in getting us um, information that can help us build more education 
from pharmacist to pharmacist, physician to pharmacist, and from pharmacist to physician, and all around about cannabis uh, medicine and supplements. And but, but they are an organization that is helping community pharmacies right now, not only with education, but with products. So take a look. And if you uh, use um, code PPN30, you get 30% off. So we appreciate that opportunity to to work with them. If you have any questions, if you're interested in cannabis medicine, I know that our uh, first guest is definitely and is an expert in digging down into the supplemental impacts of uh, CBD as well. So maybe we'll touch on that. I want to talk about the college student behavior report that just came out from United Healthcare. It's a white paper. I'll have links to this going out through social media. But if you Google the college student behavioral health report, if you're in education, if you're um, thinking of, of, of my friends down at WVU School of Pharmacy, I'm going to be sharing this with, um, with, uh, with their team, their admin. This is interesting study about how behavioral health and mental health is impacting education consumption and effectiveness. It's a very interesting report. I want you to look, look this up. If you're not part of Twerks right now, you're not watching us live. Uh, just Google, once again, the College Student Behavioral Health Report. Um, and then Peace Corps. I am so excited to announce that the Pharmacy Podcast Network is going to be working with the Peace Corps, the United States Peace Corps, to um, help find clinicians that want to take an adventure for uh, three, six, even 12 months where you can go into parts of the world and serve and learn, goodness gracious, uh, continue to learn and accelerating learning, but they're looking for pharmacists as well. So we're going to have some podcast storytelling and understanding of what Peace Corps is doing, but a shout out to them and all of their work. But I am so excited that we're going to get some pharmacists involved in this and what this could mean for story um, storytelling and learning from you, our pharmacists, our favorite providers. Without... Um, Further ado, but just one second before, I do want to give a shout out to IPC, our sponsor today for some of our content. So let's hear from IPC real quickly. This episode is sponsored by Independent Pharmacy Cooperative, widely known as IPC. Established in 1983, IPC is the nation's largest group purchasing organization owned by Independent Pharmacy. With a mission of maximizing the success of community pharmacists, IPC works to provide members with access to effective programs and services designed to enhance profitability for independent pharmacy. Read more about our mission by checking out our website at IPCRX.com. That's IPCRX.com. Hey, we're back. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Bruce Nealon. Bruce Nealon is the host of Pharmacy Crossroads. You can hear his podcast, pharmacycrossroads.com. Bruce is, he is like the original blogger of the pharmacy industry, specifically community pharmacy. And it's been an absolute honor and joy to work with somebody that has been, I feel like I'm, I'm trying to become Bruce 2.0 in some ways. I think I want to be the future Bruce Nealon because he's just powerful. Hey, I want to welcome Dr. Swathi Varanasi to the, to the program. Actually, I should say welcome back because you're becoming um, 
you're becoming kind of this your this resource to us on this week in pharmacy. So welcome back. Thank you so much for having me. You can hear me, right? I can. Okay, awesome. And I love your background. It's kind of like ours is a brick as well, and and yours is yours is brick as well. You're just you're just uh you're you're always interesting when you come because you always have something new to teach. So I always learn something from you every time we talk. So once again. Thank you for coming here. Tell me about your week. How has your week been? Oh my gosh. So my week has flown by completely. It has maybe been one of the quickest weeks that I've had. But then again, I think people say that like as the years pass on, like each week just gets faster and faster. Um, Last week I was at a conference. um, So getting back into the swing of things and everything after the conference pretty much. So conferences are my favorite, especially when they're not in Las Vegas. That's my worst fa- worst place I want. I've been to Vegas too many times, so it's just not a the novelty is all worn off. So if you want to take me to Dallas or you want to put me in Miami or somewhere warm and sunny, like I'm all up for that. Um, I hate the travel, but I love the conference. But isn't it funny how conferences basically bend or wreck our cadence of like how we work normally? And I'll bet you we could do a a whole podcast on helping pharmacists that are doing more and more conferences and speaking, and we should dig into that. But I want to learn from a time management position how how to learn not to allow conferences to knock us off our saddle. Yeah, definitely. I think that that would be a great thing to delve more into. And I think a lot of pharmacists would be interested in how they can integrate conferences into what they're doing now and not have it seem like it's something getting in the way or it's like holding other projects off. Definitely. Um, I would say the way that I do it is I know, you know, months in advance that the conference is coming. So I plan accordingly. I do a lot of meeting stacking. I'm a big, you know, proponent of like stacking different things. So whether it's habit stacking, meeting stacking, um, like nose down work stacking, which doesn't sound very nice, but (laughs) you know what I mean? It's like, like, I like having certain days that are just allotted for meetings, certain days where I can just, you know, almost, you know, shut my computer, so to speak, like shut my, you know, communication and not really have a lot of meetings or maybe have zero meetings ideally, and just work and focus on certain things that, that need to come to fruition with you know, sticking to deadlines. So that's something that I do leading up to conferences is I just, I know that, okay, I'm not going to be able to take meetings. That was a three-day conference. I knew that there were going to be, those were two of my meeting days. So I was like, all right, I need to stack some other days instead, and then maybe make up some other things in the meantime. That is a good system. I'm going to think about that because um, it's working in parallel to keep yourself on target once you actually get back. And I have done a lot of that, um, on my own, but it was staff for me that helped me get to that next level. You know, if it wasn't for Rachel and Tyler and Brady all helping to keep things going, because we just have so much content coming in. That's what today's episode is about, is about content as a means to advance our knowledge and education of pharmacological things, um, more uh, DEI diversification issues, um, safety. Uh, we were talking about DSCSA, um, and in November of 2023, there's a whole new standard that's coming, and um, it's going to interrupt workflow for uh, for hospital system and community pharmacy if they're not preparing for it. But you, as a pharmacist, 
when when I was in school, Swathi, I'm old enough, makes me feel old to say this. I didn't have access to the internet to help me study in, in, in high school nor in college. Okay, Everything was very uh, manual in, in research. So you experienced a lot more of the integration of technology and internet in, in your own learning. However, just since you've graduated um, college, look at everything that now is available to you. Yeah. And, um, and the changes that are, are available. So talk to me about being, because you are a powerful content developer and we love your content. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So I, I think it's evolved so much and it continues to evolve. And it's actually what I've learned is, you know, by cultivating a, an internship program with doctor of pharmacy, doctor of medicine and nutritionist students, I'm able to kind of help, like they help me stay up to date with what's current. So I can use a lot of the strategies that I think that would work, you know, for my time, it was, I mean, I'm not that old, but like sometimes when I think about technology, I'm like, man, I, and am I in the same generation? I don't think so. Um, because, you know, so things that I resonated with growing up were blogs. And so a yeah. lot of our focus on content the past few years in the company has been, let's create, oh, did I lose you? Nope, I'm here. Okay. Um, was, you know, let's create educational blog content. Let's look at primary literature. Let's see what's actually been researched about, you know, whether it's a certain healing modality like meditation or, you know, a certain botanical like cannabis or chamomile. And let's see how we can talk about it in an engaging way and make sure we use our AMA citations so that people can learn more information if they want to and have a more elevated approach on what it means to educate via a blog. But now, you know, I have these incredible interns. We just finished up our recent cohort of six interns that, you know, spanned everything from doctor of medicine students, doctor of pharmacy, as well as nutritionist students to really help me and keep me on my toes with what I need to know about content creation and what's, you know, quote unquote, trending right now and how people are evolving the idea of what it means to be educated through different platforms. And so actually, as I look to the next iteration of the internship program, which generally runs from fall into spring, kind of mirroring the, the, um, the school year, I'm actually thinking of how we can use some of these brilliant minds and think about what are some of the new ways to involve education. Maybe it's not just blog content. Maybe it's right. you know, having one intern focused on the creation of TikTok videos. Maybe yep. it's one intern talking about you know different new things in alternative or natural medicine and posting those on Twitter to interact with the HCP community. So yeah. there's so, our healthcare provider community, right? Healthcare practitioner community. So I think there's so many different avenues and ventures. And I mean, even beyond that too, which I'm still trying to wrap my head around and learn about, but I think like the incorporation of things like web three and yep. virtual reality, I think is the next step. And I'm going to look to a lot of these new innovators in the space and work with them collaboratively to learn, you know, what I need to know and what we need to do to stay cutting edge, but still keep education at the core of what we do. Yes, because Microsoft just released, or I'm sorry, Apple just released yeah, Vision. Mm -hmm. And you think, now how will pharmacists use Vision? And when I when I was taking my imagination to places, I thought where you could literally, as a pharmacist, 
see programs that could have a molecule become separated right in front of your eyes where you could touch it and manipulate it and really start to dig down into the you know the composition of substances and 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 the the pharmacogenomics of of people's results and being able to see how you know the pf325 or 9 or 9 or gene is being you know interfaced with whatever substance but imagine that imagine having that vr of being able to take a molecule apart I think that would be incredible. And I think that that's, you know, where science is going. And I love to see this intersection of, you know, science and still like being so true to, you know, what is objective and what we need to know as healthcare professionals and the intersection of that and technology. And I think that VR is, you know, the next step, but I'm, I'm really excited for it. I agree. Um, so in development of content yourself, one of the one of the most powerful aspects I've been podcasting since 2009 that it's done for me is fortified my knowledge of something little bit by little bit. Think of the long I'm almost like the the the, the water water dripping on my head kind of it's taken a long long time but but I I have listened to pharmacists teach and talk and and talk to each other, but I've been listening and I, I've learned things that are based in, in, in what you do and what you're evolving and what. So the reason that I feel it is so important for every pharmacist listening to stay in some type of content development, including journaling, like if you journal personally, it, it's an exercise of, of your psyche to get your words on paper and then reflect you know, weeks or, or even years in, a, you know, in the future of what you thought back then. It kind of teaches us about ourselves. But if you blogged about something you're passionate about in research as you started, and then you turned that into a video or you turned that into a TikTok or you turned that into a podcast, this is how not only are you exercising your own knowledge because the best way for me to learn something, Swathi, is to teach it. So yep. as pharmacists keep exercising and keep digging and keep questioning, especially questioning, especially if you're strong, you're feeling strong about, you know, something and you're like, hey, it's time to de-prescribe. They're on way too many medications. This is too hard on their liver. I'd like to de-prescribe. It's going to take titration. I come up with a medication plan. It's going to take, I don't know, 18 months, two years to get them off of all of this. But it's a pathway that gives our pharmacist that want to dig into personalized medicine, integrative medicine, combining pharmaceutical with integrative and holistic. It's your way of exercising your mind to, to keep things um, from coming from your brain to some kind of source. And if it stays private, that's fine. If it becomes public and it becomes a social media source, then that's just a, a way to get more good information to our consumers. Absolutely. And I think that that's something that we need to not lose sight of is that idea of, you know, the best way of really 
implementing and using this knowledge is not just with patients, but it's how we can give back to pharmacists on the whole. And the other thing too that I wanted to mention when you were talking is that, you know, it reminded me of the, you know, someone reached out to me recently and said, oh, like very kind things. They had heard one of my podcast episodes and, you know, it, it really helped them in what they were doing as a pharmacist. And it was such a good reminder to me that, you know, it's things that you hear other people say, but until it actually really happens to you and you personally experience it, it's, it's quite a different thing, is you never know who's listening. Right. And you never know who is actually paying attention and who you're influencing without even, you know, trying to necessarily. Exactly. It's also teaching us to be better communicators because when I listen to, and it's embarrassing to say this, but it's out there. If you Google pharmacy technology resource podcast, part one, it's March 2nd, 2009 was the very first podcast I ever did that I published and it is garbage. Like it is so horrible, right? Well, just when you keep going and you keep organizing, you keep pushing and, and there's a, there's a passion driven or, or behind that, regardless of what that is, it's going to have a serious outcome on your confidence in yourself and your refinement and learning like I constantly am learning, constant, constant through this whole exercise. So as a content developer, I think it's just like you're encouraged to keep reading. I think the input output, the output is just as important that you take time to get it out of your head onto something, onto paper. And even the creative space, Swathi, I don't know if you do any painting or any drawing. I used to draw all the time and I actually miss it, but I should force myself to do drawing just to just to get that creative stuff out. I used to. Yeah, I, I used to be quite a jar as well, but I can't say I've done it recently. And I, I think like any sort of creative outlet that works well for you can just get those juices flowing and you never know how it's going to like flow into other things, too. Absolutely. So from a podcaster's perspective, talk to us about um, like your process in order to develop something that you know, and it doesn't have to be perfect. That is one of my, um, as a coach of, of many of my own, of our own podcasts here at the PPN, I'll, I'll always say, you know, as a host, you're not expected to ever have all of the answers, but you are expected to ask good questions in order to kind of dig into it from the, from the consumer's perspective. And I think of myself as a patient because I'm obviously I'm not a pharmacist or a doctor. So a lot of the questions that I ask pharmacists still come from the curiosity of the uneducated consumer who doesn't know what you know as a pharmacist. So talk us talk to us a little bit about that from your your experience. So from my experience, first and foremost, the way that I like to plan episodes or plan guests really is, you know, when I'm thinking of our podcast, The Element Apothic Show, it's all about the integration of, you know, natural healing remedies. It's talking about the science behind the use of a lot of these wellness practices, inclusive of, you know, cannabinoid medicine all the way to nutrition and, you know, everything in between, sleep hygiene, healthy relationships, sexual wellness, you name it. And so to me, it really is multifaceted. So 
if I'm thinking about, you know, I created this schema years ago, that's this colorful wheel, and it has all these different modalities listed on them. So that's kind of the way I started thinking about, all right, what episodes and what focuses do I want to have? And then which ones would be better off as solo episodes where I can just speak and create a very brief outline on different things that I want to hit? And yep. which episodes do I either know someone in my network or I see someone that I might have a second or third degree connection with on LinkedIn who is stellar in this area, who can provide a lot of really great insight to the pharmacy listener network, but also the consumer listener network, because both of those are really important to me. So when you know cultivating a, a list of episodes or an outline or anything, I'm thinking about what's going to resonate with a healthcare professional, but also what's going to resonate with the average consumer. So I try not to make any of the terms terminology really complicated or, or really what I do is I'll use the complicated terminology, but I'll always define it as like, so this is what that actually means, or in simplified terms, this is what it means. Because I do think there we are in the age of the conscious consumer and people yeah. want to hear the complicated terminology, but yeah. they also want to understand what it means and have it broken down for them. So that's definitely what I've learned from, you know, doing a lot of different lecture series and and education is a lot of people out there, they want to hear and be a part of the elevated conversation, but they have to also be able to understand it. You also helped us with our Podbean partnership. Yes. Um, Podbean is our hosting platform where uh, we basically pay to host all of our content and, and have a lot of trust in their organization. They are committed to bringing through their networks uh, expert experts, and they've chosen us as their as their conduit to pharmacists, and that's an honor because I'm like, yeah. I could do that all day long. I was like, how many do you want? Like, do you want a hundred thousand? And they're like, <laughs> no, we only need like six or seven. I'm like, all right. But what what experience was that working with a major? I mean, they're like third largest hosting provider in the in the world, actually. So, what was it like working with Podbean? Honestly, it was so great. They were really responsive. They came extremely prepared with a lot of different questions. It was for the National Kidney Foundation Month or National Kidney Month. And they were putting together a series of speakers. And I think what surprised me, given you know the you know reputation and how big Podbean is, I thought they were going to come at it with a bit more of a concrete, you know, this is what we want you to say, and this is the message we're looking for. But they were actually really open to collaboration, and they actually just wanted my genuine perspective as a pharmacist who bridges the quote-unquote conventional with unconventional, and who speaks just as often about prescriptions and OTCs as I do about integrative modalities. And, you know, I like said from the very beginning, like this is, you know, how this is my methodology. This is the way I think about integrative health pharmacy and about pharmacy practice in general. And this is where I see it. Now, I don't want to say detour, but this is where I see it going is is the healthy balance between the prescriptions and the OTCs, as well as all these other modalities. And they were very open to it and very, you know, progressive in their thinking. And so I found that really 
encouraging as, you know, a big platform. They were open, not only open, but they were excited about this different perspective. I also was really appreciative that, you know, they wanted to include a pharmacist in the conversation because everyone else they spoke to with that entire summit were all physicians or all there. They were all some sort of healthcare provider. Um, And so to be the healthcare, like not necessarily provider, but healthcare practitioner who really has the, you know, most accessible outlet to reaching patients and to come at it with this, you know, kind of innovative perspective, I, I really felt appreciated and valued in my perspective. Absolutely. I love, I, I, I was very proud of you and I'll always keep pharmacists in their ears. So we'll have, we'll have to have more of those uh, coming out. Hey, I want to uh, welcome our next guest and I want to introduce Kira to Dr. Swathi uh, because as content developers, we rely on organizations to help us cultivate and drive and bring together subject matter experts to build good content out. And I3 Health is one of those educate, they call themselves education on point, or that's their tagline. And it's true that they, they brought together for, through multiple myeloma, uh, a two-part series that we've got to work on. We were honored to work with um, two pharmacists on that. But let's bring Kira into the, into the conversation. Welcome, Kira. Uh, hi, Dr. Varanasi. It's very nice to meet you both. Oh, nice to meet you too. <laughs> so we were just talking about um, mobile communication and how the evolution of absorbing information as learners. Um, I admitted I'm old, so I didn't I didn't get to use the internet in my high school years. I didn't get to use the internet in my college, you know, learning years. I think at the very tail end of um, it took me 12 years to get my degree because I was working along the way. And um, at the very, very end, they said, hey, you could have this option called called online. And I'm like, all right. And I lived in the country, so I had to have dial-up. And it wasn't worth me waiting for the dial-up to do its its packet of information access, and it was horrible. So I went to a couple of libraries. But now, I mean, goodness gracious, the, the ability to access information i I sound like an old fogey back in my day we didn't have the internet but now jettison ahead and we have customized content that is able to be designed edited and released if you wanted to you'd beat yourself up if you wanted to do it you could literally do that within hours if you had all the pieces put together so kara tell us about i3 health's belief in using um, podcasting and creative content development and share share with us a little bit about your organization. Yes, I would love to. Um, so my name is Kara Smith. I'm a senior editor at i3Health and Oncology Data Advisor. Um, I've been here for about four years now and I've been fortunate to be part of the team as we've really grown and expanded these last few years and I feel like we've really become a leader in mobile education. Um, so i3Health is a CME NCPD uh, CPE organization which uh, for those who aren't familiar means uh, continuing medical education, nursing continuing professional development, and continuing pharmacy education. Um, So we really offer our educational offerings in a variety of formats. Uh, We use videos, we use podcasts, which are my personal favorite because I think that they are really the epitome of mobile education. Um, And I think the most important part about i3Health is that everything is free. Um, So all of our educational offerings, um, everything is free to access. 
Um, an oncology data advisor is kind of the other end of the spectrum. We are um, also a free online news journal. We uh, feature expert perspectives in the field. Um, we really try to highlight really everything that healthcare providers face on a daily basis. So that can cover both research and clinical trials, and that could also just cover more, um, you know, things they face on the day to day, such as burnout and uh, workplace sustainability. Um, so we really like to have all these topics covered and easily ac accessible for our listeners. So you made a comment that I um, definitely want to follow up on, and that is your own usage of podcast. And, and is that entertainment and learning, or are you more of an entertainment person? Or tell me about your experience. Yeah, it's both really. Um, I do love to use them for learning also. I really like listening to the, I believe it's called Stuff You Should Know, which I did, I'm a big fan of trivia. So I love just, you know, learning about uh, everything. I've and podcasts, I think, are one of the easiest ways to do that. <laughs> what about you, Dr. Swathi? What's one of your favorite podcasts? I just realized I was muted. Um, so I really like a combination as well. Like I love both the learning and education side as well as the, the I, I suppose it's recreational, if you will, but like at the same time, I, I feel like I'm still learning, um, even though it's not necessarily like within my scope. Um, and so I love, for example, like Dr. Hyman's podcast. Um, he's an integrative health physician. And so I listen to hear, you know, what he's talking about. And he's also very evidence-based and like scientifically driven, which I really appreciate. And sometimes that's not necessarily the case in the integrative space. So I really appreciate his perspective. Um, and then kind of on the flip side of that, I love podcasts like 99% Invisible and Articles of Interest, um, which are incredible. They're kind of so 99% Invisible. I, I think this is like the third or fourth time I feel like they should sponsor me. It's like the third or fourth time I've talked about them. But they're all about you know, things that we overlook in our daily life, um, like whether it's urban design related, architecture related. Um, and so like, one of my favorite episodes is on like the history of air conditioning and how it was tied to the Nixon administration. And it's, it's just fascinating. So different wow. things like that. And then articles of interest is, you know, kind of like the historical context to a lot of fashion trends. Cool. Did either of you wonder why uh, the racing theme was used for some of our graphics in support of today's episode? I did. <laughs> so did you see Tyler put you both in racing uh, gear? Oh, so yeah. So if you didn't yeah. see this, if for all our podcast listeners that don't know what we're saying, the visible of it all, the, visual, the, 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 the visuals, just uh, go to um, our one of our feeds, either Instagram or Twitter, and we definitely have it out there. But um, – uh, she surprised me with that. And she's like, the pace of learning and the pace of information is, is, is literally accelerating. And Swathi and I were talking about how fast, you know, time seems to be going. And I remember when I was young in grade school, our summer vacation, you, you'd leave for summer vacation, you'd come back and your, your friends were like inches taller or, you know, they, their facial, you know, it was a little bit different or you could notice changes. So it seemed like it went slower, you know, in life, but the older that I, I get, not only is information accelerating, I feel like time is definitely accelerating or the time that we have at least to learn. So part of my learning has always been audio. As soon as I learned about podcasting, I started listening to podcasts in 2008 and from that point forward, I have never stopped because of how much information I can collect information faster through, through learning. But Kara, tell us about the philosophy of when you design education and you guys are designing, I mean, you're, 
your team, I3 Health, is designing some very complex discussions. So talk to us about a little bit of your process in, in developing content that you know is being consumed by providers, some of the most in, intelligent people in, in healthcare. And tell us tell about your, your, your team's process in developing that content. Yes, definitely. Um, so like you said, it is a process. Um, from the beginning, once we have an, act, an educational activity in mind, uh, one of the first things we do is we identify an expert in the field who is able to chair that activity. So for the multiple myeloma podcast that um, we had previously discussed, um, our chair, one of our chairs was Dr. Joseph Kalis, who we did an inter interview with following that. Um, he is a pharmacist at the University of Colorado Health. Um, he is extremely knowledgeable about everything that's going on in the field yes. of multiple myeloma. So this one in particular was focused on anti-CD38 monoclonal antib antibodies and newly diagnosed multiple myeloma. So we try, do try to keep, keep them as specific as possible. That way it's not, you know, you can't learn everything about multiple myeloma in an hour. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. So we try to keep it as specific as possible, have an agenda that we follow. Uh, we have very clear learning objectives. Um, so there are generally three to four um, goals that we want learners to be able to know after the activity. Then um, we are able to measure their progress throughout the activity as well. So they do take a pretest beforehand and then a post-test after. That way we can kind of measure uh, their gains in knowledge and, you know, how their knowledge improved throughout the course of the activity. So what, what about the timing? I know that you have to build them in 30-minute increments in order to get half of a credit. Is that, this, is, that the, the, is that your target, about 30 minutes? Yeah, so it's generally, it generally differs by, by activity. So some of our longer ones can be an hour. Those are generally videos. Uh, most of our podcasts are a little bit shorter. They're generally about half an hour. Um, and for some of our expert interviews, which are on Oncology Data Advisor, we usually try to keep those at about, around 15 minutes. Um, okay. That way something people can listen to you know, quickly while they're you know, driving, taking a walk, um, wherever. So Dr. Swathi, what do you, what do, you do? Because there's no way that you go to a classroom setting to get your CE what are you doing now that podcasting um, has now started to deliver CEs? Are you doing more of that through podcasting or tell, tell our listeners about how you're, you're getting it done? Yeah, for the most part thus far, it's been through tuning into, Oh, I, I don't know if I'm losing internet connection. Are you, can you see me? I can, we can hear you. Your video is a little bit slow, but that's is it right. better now. Yep. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah, the way that I've been getting CE for the most part is attending conferences um, and webinars online, especially like the past, you know, few years when we weren't able to do conferences in person. Uh, but I love the advent of all these new ways that we can incorporate CE into things that we're already doing. Like I'm already listening to podcasts to learn. And so if there's a way to, you know, make that simpler. I, I love the idea. I can't say I've done it so far, but I definitely want more people to know about it, me included, so that we can start doing that. Absolutely. So, um, Kara, if there is a pharmacist, a hospital system, um, someone in academia that has an idea for a series, is there an ability to work? Like, how do, how do they work? How would you work with any of those organizations and or people that I just mentioned? Yes, 100%. We are always looking to hear insights from pharmacists, people that are actually in the field that are doing this on a daily basis. Um, so if there are any pharmacists out there who are listening who would like to get involved, um, we would love to hear more about your educational needs, uh, types of education you might be interested in and or helping us develop. Um, we know that 
Obviously, pharmacists are very busy, so our goal is to really streamline the educational process as much as possible by providing free CPE credit. Um, and we really need, you know, boots on the ground, people that are, you know, in this every day who can tell us what, what they need to learn most, what pharmacists need to know the most. Um, so that's for our education, um, as well as for, you know, our interviews. Uh, we would love to hear ev everybody's insights as well for those. Um, challenges you face every day, burnout, sustainability, insurance, managed care aspects of it. Um, feel free to reach out to us. Um, you can shoot me an email. Um, I'm sure we can make available afterwards, but it's ksmith at oncdata.com. Um, so we would really love to hear from anybody who is interested in, in working with us more. All right. So just in a, just a, an opinion of, a, of three veteran pocket podcast listeners, what's your favorite way of actually getting it? Are you an iPhone user? Are you a Droid user? What's your favorite application? What's your favorite directory? I actually have, mo I have many. I don't just use just one. I use one for a very specific reason. Um, sometimes like with ConveyMed, I want to see um, a chart. So I'll pull that up. Whereas if I'm just listening to a podcast in general, I'll use Apple Podcasts. Sometimes I'll go to uh, Stitcher because it has uh, another kind of feature. So I'm going to start with Dr. Swathi. What do you think? What, what's your favorite consumption of podcasts? Um, I would say Apple Podcasts is my go-to. Um, I like that. Like I, I like the interface. I like the way I'm able to download certain ones if I'm traveling, and I like that I have certain ones saved. I can follow certain shows, so it's just the one I'm most used to. And I, I'm also an Apple, or rather, like a like a Mac user in general. So I'm um, an iPhone user, so it, it translates really well between my computer and my phone. For the most part, I do listen on my phone, um, especially when I'm going on walks or I'm going to work out or something like that. Um, but some Sometimes I do like to have podcasts on in the background if I'm doing other work on my computer, but I'll use the podcast app on my Mac. So it's also still through Apple Podcasts. Yeah. What about you, Kira? So I'm the opposite end of that since I'm an Android user. Um, so I tend to use uh, Spotify the most, and I, I found that to be the most accessible for, you know, going for a walk, you know, taking a long drive, sometimes it's in the background while I'm working. So the the good and the bad. So the the good is, and this is what I've noticed, if I search on Google for a subject and then put the keyword podcast, you could literally find almost anything. I think you could probably put almost any word in and you'd find something you know tied to it. So when you do that, I will get a lot of Spotify, uh, Apple returns uh, many times, uh, um, Amazon's podcasts are rising to the SEO uh, searches. But if I were a clinician, if I were a pharmacist and someone who wanted to get out of the craziness of the public and just get medical information, um, that organization I just mentioned, ConveyMed, is very explicit to the provider and healthcare listener. Do you have any other apps that you have heard about or you've learned about you can share with our listeners that is very specific to our providers versus the public? I'll do it with uh, Swathi first. 
Yeah, sure. So, um, I mean, from from my perspective, you know, a lot of people come to me asking, you know, what resources do you use, especially in the integrative health space that's easy to use, that are either free or low cost? And so, you know, I, I love the app about herbs. It's actually run through. A, I actually recently connected with a pharmacist who runs it. He's a pharmacist as well as um, a doctorate of oriental medicine or D-A-O-M or D-O-A-M um, and acupuncture. So he has both sides of the coin. And so he runs there about herbs. So it's about all things you need to know, kind of like the way you would think of like a monograph for a drug, but they have that on herbs. Um, and so that's a great resource. That's an app on the phone. It's a free website as well. Um, it's run through Memorial Sloan Kettering, if I didn't already say that, their cancer center. So very highly regarded, great resource. Um, and then I also love there some other apps too, like through um, TRC, they have a natural medicines app, an online platform that is not free. However, it's wonderful to look at, for example, like drug herb interactions and like a tracker like that. They also have monographs on different specific supplements because as we know, different supplements have different active ingredients. So that's also really great to learn more that way. There's some other online, you know, platforms through like through Oregon State University, there's a line is Pauling Institute, a lot of really great evidence-based information on everything from nutraceuticals to vitamins and minerals and everything in between. So those are some of my, you know, go-to resources that are either free or very easily accessible online or on the phone. Um, thank you for that. I also want to mention a company or a, a platform called Good Pods. That's the word good and then pods. They're uh, one of their um people on social media reached out to PPN pharmacy podcast network and said, Hey, we love what you guys are doing. You have so much condensed information around pharmacists. Would you start using our, our list capability that then goes back into their library so that if a future pharmacist goes to their app, downloads their app on their phone, you can now build your own information. And you can even say, I want everything on integrative medicine here by that keyword. I want everything on, you know, technology, digital health, uh, and building your own custom keywords. As long as the podcast has some kind of tagging, they pick it up. So I found that app extremely interesting. If you've ever heard of Good Pods, you know, take a look at that because I'm going to start building out some of my own lists just out of curiosity because I like to use multiple things. I don't all, always like list uh, using one thing because I want to keep learning about, you know, what other people are using and, and learning. But Kara, any shout outs to our listeners and in, in how you consume audio content and then also give us some um, give us some hints of what's coming from from I3 Health. Yeah. Uh, so I'll second what you said about Convey Med. Uh, we worked with them pretty extensively. They are fantastic. Um, they also offer all of I3 Health's um, educational podcasts on their app. Um, another great one I've liked listening to is the ONS podcast, the ON um, Oncology Nursing Society. They feature some really great um, nursing voices and perspectives on nursing research. That's always really great to hear. Um, another really great great one who I know you have also worked with, Todd, is Fellow on Call. Um, yeah. Yep. Uh, so at I3 Health, we're also really prioritizing fellows right now. Um, one of our newer initiatives is called a Fellows Forum. Uh, so we're, we have a four inaugural members of the Fellows Forum, um, and they're helping us kind of develop and drive our content um, for what's most applicable and relevant for fellows. Um, so I'll give another plug. If anybody out here listening is a fellow and you're interested in joining, um, we would love to have you. Um, and as far as upcoming things at I3 Health, we definitely have a lot coming, going on. Um, 
One of our newer initiatives that we'll be launching in the next month or so is a patient advocacy hub. Uh, so we really immensely value the contributions of patient advocates, and we know that they're integral in um, improving patient care and incorporating shared decision-making. So we're really looking forward to spotlighting more of their stories on podcasts. Um, another exciting thing we have coming up on July 12th is a webinar on triple negative breast cancer. Um, and this also falls into the theme of mobile education because along with this webinar, we are going to have a pocket app, uh, which has some okay. compiled resources um, featuring like answers to frequently answered frequently asked questions about breast cancer. Um, learners will have the ability to ask questions and have the uh, webinar faculty respond. Um, so I think that definitely um, will be a really exciting um, new way that we're going. Um, so that webinar is on July 12th at one o'clock if anybody is interested in joining that. Um, yeah, we really have a lot going on. We're excited to uh, work more with our fellows. We're excited to work more with you, Todd, on the Pharmacy Podcast Network. So a lot of really interesting stuff going on. Absolutely. Um, I want to thank uh, Swathi for being back on This Week in Pharmacy. You're always invited. So if anything is happening out there that you want to get our listeners uh, tied into, please uh, schedule time with us to get back on. Uh, don't be a stranger. I'm not going to, you and I always have meetings anyway, so that's never going to happen. But I so much enjoy working with you, Swathi, and, and the intelligence and the the professionalism and the ideas and the creativity that you bring to the network. I very much appreciate you. Oh, thank you so much for having me. And I, I really appreciate that. I'll definitely keep you in the loop. And Kara, a shout out to i3Health. Thank you so much for sponsoring today and being a part of this discussion around mobile education. This is going to continue to not only evolve, but I think it's going to continue to give our pharmacists and pharmacy students a way to become medical science liaisons of content development. And um, maybe in the future, BPS will have a board of specialty as a content developer. And now we start to fragment, we start to build out the specialties of in-practice um, in pharmacists at the time as teachers. And imagine the dynamic of Uber teaching. Imagine Uber pharmacy education. Not that the 140 pharmacy schools want to hear this, but imagine, imagine learning from pharmacists who were literally in the practice of specialty pharmacy or something that could build content that was fresh and be able to deliver that back to our pharmacy students as a supplement to what they're learning. And that's why I'm, that's why I'm in the business that I'm in. I'm not going to stop. I'm going to always have new ideas on how to work with pharmacists and developing content. It's, it's my gig. I always say, I say, I'm your boy. <laughs> but I want to thank you both for being here today. And Kara, uh, we'll have to follow up with you, Dr. Swathi, for sure. Uh, be on the lookout for Apoth uh, the Element Apothic on Instagram. What's your favorite? What's your favorite social media platform, Swathi? That you want to give a shout out to that you can get people to connect with you. Yeah, definitely Instagram. Instagram yeah. is the one that we're posting on most frequently. And then the second, I guess, second most favorite would probably be Twitter is we're really, you know, pushing a lot of educational content there as well right. to try to connect to the healthcare professionals and, and help them learn about natural medicine too. Yeah. Hashtag um, uh, Twitter RX, you know, that, that, that was started. I remember when that just started, that was like one of my first major hashtags in pharmacy. Kara, uh, what's the best social media platform that you like uh, to connect with pharmacists and, and providers? 
Yeah, I would say Twitter. Um, you can find us at, at i3health and at OnkData. Uh, we post a lot of our educational content on there. So definitely check us out. All right. Well, thank you both. I want to wish you a great weekend and thank you for being this week in pharmacy. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for having us. All right, pharmacists, pharmacy technicians, uh, there are some things in play that we want to tell you about. I don't have all the details, nor am I allowed to tell you everything, but we're going to be working closer with a major organization in the pharmacy technician space and the expanding opportunities of pharmacy technicians. There's some amazing things coming out, amazing opportunities for our farm techs out there the right hands of a pharmacist and pharmacist. If there's anything that you want more information out that you're that's missing, whether it be sickle cell disease, pain management, opioid use disorder, artificial intelligence, anything that you ever want uh, more information on, we love taking assignments from our listeners. Thank you so much for listening. It's been a wonderful This Week in Pharmacy. I wanna give a shout out to my staff. Thank you so much for your help. Thank you to our sponsors. Be on the lookout. Pharmacy Profit Summit Live coming up August 4th and 5th in Dallas, Texas. For those community pharmacies that want to change your business, sign up and meet us out in Dallas. And with that, Pharmacy Podcast Network, This Week in Pharmacy. Have a great weekend.